When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this week, our guest is Charles Alexander with YourCharlesAlexander.com. And Charles does explainer videos for busy professionals. Charles, welcome. Hey, Gary. Thank you for having me, sir. So, Charles, tell us, what, what is Your Charles Alexander all about? YourCharlesAlexander.com is a uh, pretty simple concept. So, as somebody with a full-time job, uh, business coaching... Uh, about five years ago, I decided I wanted to start kind of taking my own advice. You know, I've helped all of these other people, thousands of entrepreneurs grow and succeed with their businesses, and even several get started. So I thought I would try to do that myself. The thing I started doing was content creation. And Gary, forgive me, you're going to hear me use some buzzwords today that I myself don't like, but people know what they mean. Content being the first one uh, out there. I would write uh, material for people's emails, for their newsletters, for their website. And I narrowed it down to accountants and uh, banks, uh, two of the probably toughest niches I could have probably picked. And I say niche, I'm from Middle Tennessee, so I apologize for those of you that just cringed because I didn't say niche. Uh, <laughs> and as I was creating that, one of my very first clients was a CPA. So I was giving him these video packages teaching the same, you know, doing the same thing I taught everybody else. Don't just do it hourly. Have two or three packages. Identify what you want to sell in that middle package and then, you know, price the top one really high and then strip out all of the fun stuff in the bottom one. Well, the one that I priced high, I told him I'd make a video out of the blog posts I was creating and, you know, double the price. Well, lo and behold, Gary, that's the one he picked. Mm -hmm. so I had to teach myself how to make a video and I made the worst video humanly possible. It was a PowerPoint with my, you know, Forrest Gump voiceover uh, through it, and it was way too long. However, that bad video I made was outperforming the probably pretty well-written blog post I made. So I figured out I was on to something. Well, fast forward, and I, I went through a wide variety of different softwares that create video. Finally found one I was very happy with, Changed my niches up a little bit. Started working primarily with financial advisors and insurance agents, uh, which is a good lesson to anybody that has 
their own business or even starting a business, the quicker you can niche down, the better off you shall be. I had about seven niches at one point and it was five too many. Uh, and I just right. looked through all of the list of the clients I had and figured out which ones that A, I liked working with the most and B, you know, were, were the you know, most profitable and that's where I landed. Uh, so from there, I've taken it forward and I still do these explainer videos for one of anybody else, but those are the primary folks I work with. Now, when I say an explainer video, you ever been to somebody's uh, website and the first thing you'll land on is this 90 second cartoon, so to speak, explaining to you who this person is, more importantly, that they can identify what your issues are, your problems, your emotions, and then how they have a solution for it. Uh, you kind of use that Star Wars uh, story arc, so to speak, mm -hmm. where the client gets to be Luke Skywalker. And this is assuming your listeners have watched Star Wars. <laughs> uh, it, we went through the pandemic and I watched every one of them maybe twice uh, with my uh, nine-year-old son. But anyways, the hero of the story, that's Luke Skywalker. Well, the helpful guide, the one that provides the solution is my client, uh, Yoda, so to speak. You know, they don't they don't talk funny and have big green ears, but they do teach the force and then have a happy ending. So long story short, or long story long in this case, that's how I got into doing that. And I managed to take that side hustle, another buzzword I don't like, but frequently use, and made it into a full-time thing where the, not just the gross, but the net from that business is more uh, than what I was making at my full-time job. And I managed to really crunch the hours down uh, because I had to learn how to delegate and automate as much as humanly possible while I had a full-time job. So answer your original question. That's what yourcharlesalexander.com is. And now I am adding uh, a new side hustle to my full-time business that was a side hustle, teaching other people to do the same thing. Okay. We're going through this quote-unquote great resignation. And it's not all uh, just folks that are tired of working third shift at the BP for you know minimum wage. A lot of it's regular corporate America who went home for a year, year and a half, and realized this is nice. Uh, I, I can do my job and not necessarily come back in, uh, have to wear a suit and tie, drive to work, sit through untold number of meetings that I didn't need to belong to, listen to a boss who's Peter principled out and doesn't know what they're talking about, and they're just as miserable as I am. And a lot of these folks already had these little side businesses, side hustles, Trying to make ends meet, period, or at least trying to climb the, the income ladder. And now a lot of them are trying to figure out, how do I transition over? It's starting to make a little money, but now I'm really working a lot of hours or making me come back to the office. I don't want to do that. So right. I want to make that leap. So I have, I'm in the process of creating tons of material around it. I've already got a really nice little checklist on yourcharlesalexander.com, free download for anybody coming up. I've been on several podcasts that I have, uh, I'll, a lot of good content already built that's on the website and soon will be a book and a course to follow. So, I mean, you know, before you got into doing that, you, you've been doing business coaching for quite some time. Right. So what made you decide to get into the business coaching? Where, where's that kind of backstory from that? Well, even, even, well, that backstory, I grew up in a family that owned multiple businesses. And I remember being the youngest of five uh, watching my dad build a f business from the ground up. It was a, uh, he owned, bless his heart, he owned a franchise. You, uh, Gary, you remember Curtis Mathis? Uh -huh. 
Curtis Mathis TV. It'd be a good Google for any uh, any listener there. They were these old school console TVs that lasted forever, right. which ultimately became a problem because your lifetime value of the customer kind of went out the door as soon as they bought that one set. Uh, it's almost like a roofer in that case. Anywho, Dad had bought a franchise and they went bankrupt about three times and he finally decided to strike out on his own. Now, striking out on his own meant it was an electronics store and then it later became a furniture store and then there was a rent-to-own store and then a mattress store and he's, he had his, oh, he did one of everything. And yeah, we even did a video rental, but dad didn't have, daddy wasn't doing like the blockbuster. He was getting like the second and third, third rate. So we wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't get weekend at Bernie's. You get weekend at Bernie's too from Alexander's uh, uh, video uh, store. Right. Anyways, watching that growing up, I thought, man, I am never going to own a business. That just, it looks, looks hard. And, and granted retail especially back then, was uh, reasonably difficult. He's transitioned. It still has a business. He folded the furniture store over into control climate storage units at just the right time, and he's had, that was a great move on his part. So fast forward to me. I've worked in corporate America at a couple of different places, both Terminex and ServPro. Uh, that, when I was at ServPro, I was training these new franchise owners. For those of you that don't know, ServPro does fire and water cleanup. But 2,000 franchises all over the country. So Gary would buy a franchise and we'd bring him into little old Gallatin, Tennessee and train him on exactly how to run it. Not just the carpet cleaning machine or uh, how to extract water, but we'd teach him this is the business model. This is what the P&L should look like. Here's what the job descriptions are for you hiring your people. And uh, from there, that was a coaching and training of sort. And I kind of got the bug again. And then after that, I uh, found a job at a small business development center where I would do the same thing, but not for franchise owners, but for people local in our community that either want to start or grow a business. And I've been doing that for 15 years and it was, it's been a good, been a good ride minus the past year and a half. That's been way less fun. Yeah. What, I mean, you know, in, in going through this, um, in, in uh, doing your, um, your explainer videos and things like that, what are some of the challenges that you're finding the people that are, are trying to use sure. these are running into? Well, uh, you're talking about that are uh, with the explainer videos. You're talking about just starting or doing your own business. Uh, with, the, with the explainer videos. I got you. The, the problem we're solving is that let's take financial advisors, for example. Um, independent financial advisors are, <clears throat> are different than your traditional Merrill Lynch, Edward Jones, Raymond James. They, you know, they're providing their service either on a fee base where you pay them and they tell you what to invest in or they're taking a percentage in most cases, 1% or whatever it might be to help you get invested into the stock market. If you take a look at a lot of them, if you don't get to know them, they look, walk, talk, and sound just alike. It's almost like pulling a Kleenex out of a box. They all look and say the exact same things, even when you're looking at their name. They all have the word wealth, investment, manager, associate, beacon, compass. They look the same. We start talking to them. They're like you and me and anybody else. They're all different. They're unique. They have their own backstory, their own goals, the way they do business versus being different than someone else. It's not very easy to get that message across. So creating this 90-second explainer video, especially ones that I do that are animated, 
helps lower somebody guard, lowers someone's guard to begin with. But secondarily, it tells a very quick and compelling story within 90 seconds. You, un, you can understand why that, uh, why that advisor would be different than working with somebody else. So that's, that, you know, so that's a great tool to help differentiate them from someone else. Absolutely. That's, it's a, one of the best tools they could have to differentiate them from somebody else. And the best part about it, they don't, there's not a, a learning curve with it or they, they don't have to use some kind of digital marketing platform that they have to learn. Just take the video, put it on your website. When somebody visits, that should be one of the first things they see and then use it in email follow-up after somebody fills out the contact form or gives you their, you know, gives you an email so they can download the free white paper checklist. Use that and immediately shorten that sales cycle. Right. What, you know, in, in going through with the, the coaching and, and trying to get people to, to, to use these explainer videos and things like that, what are some of the challenges that you're finding that, that or, or mistakes that they're continuing to make? Well, let's look at it from the, uh, the side hustle to full-time uh, aspect of sure. it. Right now, more than ever, we have people wanting to make that move. They just don't know what to do. They know they've been making a little money on the side. And maybe their side hustle is consulting of some form or fashion. Or it could be landscaping. It could be catering. It could be a digital marketer, whatever. Uh, a couple of the big things that they run into is that they don't know money-wise what what they need in order to make the transition. And I just run into so many very smart people who are very hesitant to do a personal financial budget before they ever make a move. <laughs> they, when I ask them, you know, two things, the two quick stories here. First, I'll ask them what their goal is. So many people don't have a goal. Right. And I remember years ago. I went to a big conference in Nashville and it, they advertised it on the radio nonstop. I, I wish I remembered the name of it. They held it at Bridgestone, which is our big arena that, you know, holds 20, 25,000 people. And they had, man, they had Zig Ziglar, uh, Colin Powell. They had Peyton Manning. They had all these big time speakers showing up. And it was for, uh, you know, like $19. Well, the catch was in between each speaker, they had, you know, this dude that was probably peddling nothing personal, but timeshare, uh, time, timeshare type products that, you, you know, get rich quick scheme. But anyway, Zig Ziglar was on stage and I was fired up. And of course, he, he, one of the things he loves to talk about is goals. And only 2% of people have goals. Uh, that's more of a Jim Ronan, sorry. Yeah. They sound the same to me. Right. Uh, and then he would tell that he told this story uh, about how the, Harvard graduates of 1953, you know, only 10% of them have goals and the other 90% didn't. Well, the 10%, once they had the 20 reunion came back, 10% of them that had goals had outperformed all of the other ones 10 times over. Now, whether that's a true story, who knows? Because I've heard it be Harvard, Yale, 1973, 1953. But there are more than enough studies, and I don't need the studies to know that you need a goal. So that's one of their first issues. They need a goal. Well, what's the goal? Well, how about a monetary goal? How about we replace whatever your income is? Or better yet, do a personal budget. And maybe you don't even need that same level of income coming out of the gate. Uh, but maybe you can get by for a few months if you have built up a savings account. Second story uh, that made me think of, I had a client. I've been doing this long enough. I had a client back in 08 or 09. 
during the Great Recession. Not the Great Resignation, Great Recession. And this guy was wanting uh, the bank to refinance his loan. Okay, well, you know, and, and back then, he, bless this guy's art, he had every loan known to mankind, the uh, uh, stated income loans. And he, <clears throat> the bank wanted him to bring in, the, you know, they were willing to do it because they, they could see where it was headed. They wanted to bring in a cash flow projection. Well, he didn't have a cash flow. He owned two businesses, a roofing business and a car wash. And he, you know, he needed me to help, help him work through it. But for whatever reason, for some adults, an Excel spreadsheet, causes some kind of innate fear. Right. I mean, I, I've seen brilliant people almost have a seizure <laughs> by just looking at, you know, uh, some empty rows and cells and just right. tighten up. So anyway, I'd help this guy work through it. And we were fine with the business. The business both businesses were making money. Not great, but they were making money. We got into his personal budget and holy cow, because he had never put pen to paper. He didn't just have a house. He had a house here and then he had one at the beach and all three kids were in private school and he had not just cable, but all the bells, all the whistles, a boat payment, multi-car payments. He had credit card debt. He had, I mean, he had everything. His personal income to survive would, I think it needed to be about 25 grand a month. Wow. To survive. And that's the way he put it. You know, I remember talking to him about it because my role is not to play Dave Ramsey, but at that point I was trying to. And he was like, well, maybe we could cut cable, but the wife and the kids sure ain't going to like it. I'm like, brother, I don't, we're not on the same page. Right. Anyway, uh, but that's the second thing you're talking about. What's one of the big issues? They need a goal uh, and they need to know how much money they have to make in order to pull the trigger. You don't have to make enough money from the side business, from the side hustle. Uh, to quit your full-time job, but you need to know where that gap is. Is it 2,000, 3,000, 4,000? Well, have three or six months of your person, you know, your your budget set aside so you can pull off of that. You can you can you can ride a little low for three to six months. Uh, now after that things will get tight, but uh, you should have be using that 40 hours a week that you weren't committing to the business before now doing that and you should be in good shape. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, Charles, I really find, um, and I laugh when you when you use that that B word budget um, because I ask people that all the time hmm. you know, when they get ready to go into a business and they're like, well, how much should I take in payroll? It's like, well, how much do you need? Yeah, uh, I don't know. And I'm like, you know, you got to go home and you got to, you know, put right right down your budget. And lots of times, you know, just like you're saying with goals, I mean, to me, budget and goals are kind of the same thing. And the fact that, okay, here, I put down all my numbers and this is what I've spent. And lots of times people do not realize how much they spent because everybody's gotten so used to the credit cards all the yep. time and just swiping it. And it's, you know, you don't feel that. And, um, you know, I can remember back way back in the day with, you know, with my grandmother and, and, you know, my mom did it was, you know, the, the envelopes and it's just like, you know, you put how much money you were allowed to spend yep. that month in that envelope. And when it was gone, it was gone. Um, and, and that and, you're, go ahead. Well, yeah, you're right. And, and people hesitate to even do that now. It's a little more difficult. Yeah. Uh, we were doing a lot of uh, cash transactions out of our household. And when the pandemic hit and we were doing Instacart, everything that got a little more difficult. Yeah. Uh, but you're a hundred percent right. There's so many people that have no clue what their personal budget is, how much they're spending. Uh, and even when they figure it out, it's never a, never a concept. And maybe, maybe we can trim some of this. 
Uh, but I had mentioned it earlier. Mint is a fantastic tool just to enter in all your checking yep. accounts. It'll pull them all in, start categorizing them for you. You can tweak them up, and you'll see real quick just what you just said, Gary. Yeah. Holy cow, we're spending. You know, we're spending almost four digits or whatever it is going out to eat. Yeah. You know, I've got three kids at home, 13, uh, uh, nine, and how old are they now? Whew. 13, <laughs> 10, and nine. Ooh, don't, I won't let them listen to this. Uh, but, yeah, all of those little things add up very quickly. By the way, uh, dance is like having another mortgage payment in this household. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think, you know, again, going back to, to kind of what you were saying, um, you know, with, with businesses and everything else, you know, if you're trying to, you know, get that side hustle to go, um, you know, you need to have those professionals around you that are going to help you, like someone like you who's helping coach them, right. um, not just on the business side, but the marketing side and things like that. Um, you know, you need to make sure that that you have a good attorney. You need to make sure that you have a Correct. CPA. You need to have that that team of people, even though you you're saying, "Hey, it's I'm too small for that. I'm just you know got this little thing on the side." But the problem is, is that if if you know you don't do it right to begin with, it's going to cost you so much more money down the road um, to undo things and to fix things instead of doing it right from the beginning. And that's one of the reasons I love somebody having a side hustle to begin with is because that gives you the chance to play around and to figure out what works or what doesn't work. One of the things I generally will tell people, and it sounds a little counterintuitive, but as you're just getting started and it's a, a little side deal and there's really almost no risk, uh, don't go out at that point and go formalize your logo and spend thousands on your website and trademark everything under the sun go play and see what works and what doesn't work and then when it's when you start figuring out you're exactly right gary put your team around you and then that's when you start spending real money on the foundation of the business to get it going i even for myself as it was just a side hustle i had to go out and hire my own business coach because i figured out very quickly i was my worst business client i could not take my own advice i mean i would try sit down and Charles, what would you tell somebody else? I'd write it all out and then I just wouldn't do it, yeah, uh, sure. which uh, was a big eye opener because so many times I'd get frustrated with my clients. Like, Why aren't they listening to me? It's hard. Uh, but yeah. when you pay somebody real money to give you advice, you'd be surprised at how willing you are to take it. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll tell you, Charles, I had to do the same thing when I first got started. I'm like, oh, man, I got this. I've been doing this for so long and, and did it. And then, you know, no problem. It wasn't until that I, I got that that business coach mentor right. you know, to, to help me and to, to make me, because again, I didn't set the goals. I didn't do that. Once I started setting goals and doing that stuff, it made a world of difference, you know. Absolutely, yes. Um, yes, uh, and that, yes, that's the big thing for any businesses. Set the goals first and then you build your priorities around whatever those goals are. You don't just get busy putting out fires every day, checking Facebook, LinkedIn nonstop, your text messages, researching everything in your head. Once you have the goals laid out, then you can work on the priorities. Right, right. I agree, agree 100%. What, uh, you know, in doing your, you know, making your your side hustle full-time now. Yep. Um, what's the biggest challenge that you faced? The biggest one I faced to get it to that point was delegating and automating part of that process. Okay. It started out as when it's a side hustle, I was doing everything, you know, three years ago, I was 
script writing, occasional voiceover. I was creating the video from beginning to end. And then once I finally decided I wanted to grow this thing, I want to double it. I had to learn to delegate and deal with imperfection, which so many people are unwilling to do. <clears throat> and he, in my, even in a small business like I had, there's 10 things I do every day that don't necessarily move the needle, but just have to get done. I figured out very quickly that somebody else could do that. And that's right, one right. of the big things I tell a lot of the people I talk to now about turning a side hustle into a full-time business is find, get a virtual assistant. Uh, even if you're just a home-based business, there are a ton of folks online. You can go to upwork.com and find a highly qualified uh, VA you know, mine is in the Philippines, bless her heart, uh, and, you know, works very odd hours for her her time zone and what, you know, she gets paid there versus uh, somebody here is a, a world apart, but does excellent work. And anything I find myself doing that I don't like doing that doesn't make money, it's not a priority for me, I immediately try to document it. Something as simple as a one-page document with a few sets of instructions, I'll create a screen capture video a loom video of hey this is the process this is what i'm doing right you go do it uh and even if it's incomplete or very rough she's smarter than i am she figures it out right uh and then uh, gets the process uh put in place we have one or two boo-boos along the way which is usually enough to make most folks panic and run back to base but it goes back to the original point if you got your goals put together and you think that the goal is bigger than the little bit of fear of a comma being in the wrong place and an email followed up to a client, you'll you'll learn how to figure it out. So you start off small with those automate those delegation tools and you find out, you know, now in 2022, almost any and everything can be automated, especially when you're talking about marketing or even finances or linking accounts together, uh, can remove a lot of that duplicate entry. So to answer your question, that's that's one of the bigger issues I ran into out of the gate. So now my next thing is if I want to go from you know, where I am revenue wise and, and take it up a level. And this is for any of you uh, the same way. You, you can't do the same thing that got you there. You have to change what you're doing. You can keep doing what got you there. But, you know, if you're a $10,000 a month business, but you want to be 20, you got to add something new to it. You've got to change. You've got uh, not just the business. You personally might have to as well. You might have to become a different person and not doesn't mean uh, not being authentic, but it might mean that might have to wake up a little earlier or journal more, meditate more, whatever it's going to take to get you laser focused on, on leveling up and doing whatever that next thing is. I think it's important, you know, uh, you know, in backing that up that, you know, you only have 24 hours in a day. And if you're already putting 12 to 16 hours in on your business now and you want to grow it, Right. There, there's no, you're, you're, you don't have that time unless you're able to work on two hours sleep a night. And, you know, sooner or later, you're going to crash and burn with that. Right. So, you know, you know, I like what you're saying in the fact that it's like, hey, if there's stuff that you're that you're doing that isn't ge generating revenue. Then can we pass that on to somebody else to do? Yes, they may not do it 100 percent the way that we want, but if they're doing it 98 percent. That's right. Pretty darn good still. I, I always tell folks, you got to focus in on what what are the few things that only you can do? Uh, what's the priority, so to speak? And I keep hinting on that. Great book, uh, The One Thing. I forget the name of the fellow that wrote at Keller's. Same guy from Keller Williams, but hammers in on what is the one thing that you can do that kind of makes everything else 
seemingly fall into place and, and work really well. Uh, another example from a different book, and I say different book, is it, it's a case, case study of real life. Paul O'Neill was the CEO of Alcoa back in 19, I want to say, 88. Uh, Paul O'Neill was this uh, revenue turnaround specialist, and Alcoa's aluminum manufacturing company that had kind of fallen on hard times, and they wanted to bring him in so he could write the ship and figure out what to do. During his very first uh, board of directors meeting, for 12 minutes, he talked about one thing, safety, which they, you know, of course, how, how are you going to be the bad guy that says safety isn't important? Yeah. Oh, of course, safety. Yeah. Oh, we, we love our employees. They got to make sure they're safe. Well, they were worried. They're like, man, he, he didn't talk anything about uh, going into foreign markets or what, you know, we're going to use uh, the new Kanban, uh, uh, Kan. I don't remember how they pronounced it, Kanban method. Uh, either way, they were, I think, about a $3 billion company at that point. And when he left, they were closer to a $27 billion company just a few years later. Why was that important? Well, once they decided to focus in on safety, first and foremost, they became a more productive company because they reduced the amount of uh, lost man hours due to safety issues. Right. The employees were happier, oddly enough, and happy employees are more productive employees. And so they saw a lower turnover rate, higher production rates. People were more, were more willing to go to the uh, bosses on the, uh, on the shop room floor and make suggestions where they hadn't before. So just focusing on that one thing made everything else fall into place. Uh, right. And not to go Charlie Church on you here, but an example from the Bible. When the uh, Pharisees were trying to ask Jesus, which was the most important commandment, by the way, they were just asking him that, not because they thought he was so cool. They're like, whichever one he says, we'll have him, because that means he thinks the other nine aren't important. <laughs> and he just said, you know, it's it's really simple. You got to uh, put, you know, put uh, put no other God before me and then love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that made all, you know, then you're not going to lie or cheat or steal or covet thy neighbor's oxen, which, you know, was a big deal, obviously, back then. Yeah. Uh, so that that's what is that in your business? What's the safety piece? What's the love the neighbor as they self piece that if you do it really well, everything else kind of has to fall into place, even if it's not perfect. Yeah, I think, you know, and again, they, you know, called it safety. But, you know, I'm sure, you know, he looked at it that, um, you know, his, his number one asset was his or his employees. Right. And I think that that lots of times now people forget about that. And right now with the way remember the labor market is and everything else, it's like, you know, your number one asset has got to be your employees because that's what's going to get you from that, you know, you know, 10,000 a month to yes. 20,000 a month. I mean, you know, otherwise you're not, you're not going to be there. Well, and, and not to, well, I, I have a tendency to name names. So tell me if I'm, if I'm doing this wrong, but here locally, we have a Kroger and we have a Publix. Okay. Uh, both grocery stores. Publix is the little more of the high-end kind of a Chick-fil-A type grocery store. I don't know if you have a Publix where you are. Uh, they're kind of, they're doing fine. You know, they have employees. They're stocking the shelves. They're smiling. They're helping you out. I walk into our Kroger and it's like barreling into a Mad Max beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> There's, you know, three people there. Two of them are 15 years old and they're on their phone and they're just trash on the floor. There's nothing on the shelves. The big difference is, is how their corporate culture was up to the point where, you know, we, we went into pandemic mode and things went haywire. They've always treated, their employees were always top notch and treated very well at Publix, trained very well, paid very well. 
prices are always a smidge higher, but that's that that's you know that's kind of what you get using talking about Chick Fil A. Same right now, if I have to drive through a uh, Bojangles or a Chick Fil A, our Bojangles here. Not that you guys are really interested, but I do love some Bojangles and Popeyes. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, they're they're on tough times. They can't get anybody to come in to to work the place in Chick Fil A. If I wanted to go eat at Chick Fil A right now. At 2.42 on a Friday, I guarantee you I'd be in a line halfway down the street. Uh, but all the employees there hustle everybody through, and they're smiling, and they're helpful, primarily because of what you just talked about. They value their employees all along. So uh, when the stuff hit the fan, they were they stayed. They were there. Right, right. Totally agree. All right, our time has flown by, and we could probably do this for another hour easy. What What haven't I asked you that you wish I had? In terms of becoming the right person that's going to help launch a full-time business from a side hustle, and I don't want to say you didn't ask me, but we touched on it. Um, you need to become the, uh, a new person or a different person. The, the kind of person, look, if you want to be somebody that makes 50000 a month instead of 5000 a month, those two people don't look alike. They, you know, they're not, not to take anything away from the $5,000 an hour person, but the 50000 $50, dollar a month person they think differently they make decisions quicker they they prioritize things differently their morning the way they get up and interact looks different and doesn't mean it's bad it doesn't mean they're grinding out they're not most of the time they're even working a little bit less Uh, that's that's what you need to think of in terms of if i'm going to do this what needs to be the first change i make you need to look in the mirror and figure out well who do i need to become in order to get to that point agreed agreed so, Charles, people like like what they hear. How can they reach you? Easiest way, my website, yourcharlesalexander.com. You can also easily find me on LinkedIn. That will uh, I'm Charles Alexander. Uh, but if you type in your Charles Alexander, you're going to see this smiling face uh, right back at you, uh, a handsome bald guy with a beard. There you go. We really appreciate your time, appreciate your wisdom. Uh, thank you, and uh, you know, good luck with your uh, adva- advancing your side gig to full time. Good deal, Gary. I appreciate it, and you have a good day, sir. So today, our guest was Charles Alexander with yourcharlesalexander.com. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>